something that I've always learned is if you have any kind of running water, water running into the river is going to change the temperature just a little bit, right? Well, <laughs> I was pre-fishing with Sherry because she goes and pre-fishes with me. And we're fishing around this point and I hear something. I'm like, I hear some running water. Oh my gosh, I got to find this. And so we go around the corner and, and around the other corner, I'm like, holy cow, that water was like 85, 86 degrees. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your fearless host, Angie Scott. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. Well, is everybody ready for Christmas? Because ready or not, here it comes. Hope you got your orders in for the favorite anglers in your life, or for yourself, of course. Some great gift ideas, as mentioned on the show, Elle's Goldfish, Kenny's Christmas Kits. Uh, other great gift ideas include Stealth Rod Holders, the new St. Croix Rod, Victory Series line of rods, one of my personal favorites, a pair of Costa sunglasses, in my opinion, the best sunglasses for fishing, and by the way, have you seen their new Untangled collection with frames made out of recycled fishing nets? How awesome to get a great lightweight pair of sunglasses for fishing and be supporting uh, re recyclable fishing nets. And the, uh, the frames themselves are recyclable as well. Um, or how about a Yolotech power stick to keep your GoPro or other action camera powered up all day long while you're out on the boat? You can use coupon code ANGIE for free shipping from Yolotech, by the way. And there's a link on the website at thewomanangler.com via our partners link up at the top right-hand page. Or you can access it via the show notes for this episode on your favorite podcast app or at thewomanangler.com slash 215. Best of all, you'll be supporting one of the amazing partners who helped make this show possible week after week so I can continue featuring awesome women anglers and hopefully inspiring you and others to get out there and get your adventure on. This week is no different. This is a special encore episode from a recent Women's World of Fishing Monday Night Live hosted by Barbara Harris and myself, which this one in particular featured professional bass angler Stephanie Hemphill Pellerin. I know it's hard for some of you to catch the Monday Night Lives on Facebook or YouTube, and so this conversation with Stephanie was so informative and fun, I thought it was worth condensing down a bit and sharing the audio from our chat with you here this week on the Woman Angler and Adventure podcast to make it a little bit easier for you guys to listen. I don't want you to miss all the great information that Stephanie has to share. I think you're really going to find some value in her experience as a professional bass angler, regardless of what kind of fishing you like to do. Stay tuned for next week's episode, which is going to be a post-Christmas 2021 year-end recap episode as well as a glimpse of things to come in 2022. 
Thanks always for listening and coming along with me on this crazy ride. I'm more excited than ever for the new year. I think you're going to be as stoked as I am. All right, without further ado, please welcome a condensed encore episode of the Women's World of Fishing Monday Night Live with myself, Barbara Harris, and our very special guest, the 2021 Lady Bass Anglers Association Rookie of the Year, Stephanie Pellerin. everybody and welcome to another night of women's world of fishing monday night takeover i'm barbara harris and this is angie scott and hey. it's been a while yeah <laughs> it has us together <laughs> angie <laughs> they saw me last week they did yep. not see you and so you've been gone longer than me what's been going on yeah just busy um traveling back and forth here and there last week i had a uh, Pretty bad head cold. Thankfully, that's all it was. Um, and it, I'm finally better as of day before yesterday. So I'm glad it didn't last a super long time. But it's been a, a, a good while since I've had anything like that. So just kind of. Thank God it you, wasn't COVID. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it just kind of makes you appreciate being healthy, you know, when you have something like that. So, um, right. yeah, so glad that's over. But I'm in Florida now. We, uh, Left late last night, drove through the night, and uh, didn't get a whole lot of sleep. So um, glad to be here, and not uh, hopefully I don't. Uh, I'm actually sitting on a bed right now, so hopefully I don't like just kind of doze off. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. but I'm excited for our guest tonight, so I'm sure that's not going to happen. <laughs> Good deal. I think it's time for us to bring Stephanie. The LBAA, Lady Bass Angler Association's Professional Rookie of the Year. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? And did y'all survive the storms, I'm guessing? We did, yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, (laughs) So I, I live on a houseboat and in Nashville and you know they were on the news all night long talking about all the storms coming our way and uh, so I actually, for the first time ever, wore my life jacket to bed. <laughs> oh my gosh. And my dog too. I put her life jacket on too. Cause I was like, I don't know. I could fall asleep and not know what's going on and wake up in an emergency situation, you know, and not have the like wherewithal to put a life jacket on and the water's cold. So yeah. I, you know, actually slept pretty good. It was just, it was like extra cushion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we sure. we didn't we didn't sleep very well. The dogs didn't sleep very well. Like my dog was trying to get in my armpit because he was so scared. It was a rough night, but it it could have been so much worse. Like we were really really lucky, you know. Yes, I've been I've been seeing the pictures and the videos and stuff, and it's absolutely horrible. Right. It it was on the ground for, they said, over 200 miles. Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of them touch down and go, you know, like I mm-hmm. literally can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, so we were lucky. Um, and I, I, it's times like this that you just wish you were rich so you could just help everybody. These are the times that our country shows 
how good, uh, how many good people there are in the world too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like oh, yes, hundred percent. It's times like these where it's like, man, weren't you just cussing each other out on the internet? <laughs> and now, exactly. like, you know, so. But kind of start at the beginning of this year. This was your rookie year on the LBAA. How did you get to the LBAA? Why? Um, actually, I actually fished the LBAA the very first year that they were ever the LBAA. And um, I, unfortunately, I had to kind of give up tournament fishing for my kids because, you know, being a mom, that, that comes first, you know, for me, but now my kids are old enough to where I can pursue my dreams. And so I actually took the position of coaching the high school fishing team at Warren high school. And I had 32 kids, uh, me and Kelly Tillerson did. And that kind of just got me back into wanting to fish my dogs jumping on me to wanting to fish (laughs) tournaments. And, you know, again, it just got that going through your blood. Once you start doing that and you love it and you fit into it, it's what you always want to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got back into LBAA. Um, you know, I told my husband this is what I really wanted to do. And he 100% supported me and signed me up for all of them. And I was ready to go. He signed you up. Yes. He does all my scheduling. He does all my signing up for for everything that I do. I'm actually fishing 14 total tournaments this Ooh. year, next year coming up. Nice. So, and he has, he has my schedule in front of me right now and he made me because I, you tell me where to go and I go and fish it. So hmm. can <laughs> so he tell me where to, can he tell me where to go and write me a check? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Stephanie, correct me if I'm wrong, but Weren't you the one with the Cane River tournament last year? You weren't 100% sure if you were going to be able to make it to that or not. Because you uh, had it, another it, tournament. like Okay, media. so what ended up happening was, and, and I'm going to go through the whole emotional experience too, that helped me make the decision that I made. So we're at Cane. I ended up you know, being in sixth place at Cane. And then I found out I was in fourth of Angler of the Year points. You know, and, you know, being with all you ladies and this and that, and hugging each other and just being around each other, all that hype, you know, it's like, oh, we made the classic. Yes. You know, I had another tournament and going on at the same exact time that our classic was. And that was a BFL on my home lake. I was sitting in 60th place in Angler of the Year points and you needed to be in top 45 to make regionals. Being in top 45, that meant I just needed to go catch a limit. That was it. I gave up that tournament to go fish the LBAA Classic. And so, therefore, that's why I ended up in Tennessee fishing a Loudon Teleco in Tennessee, in which I came in 34th place there out of 188. And that's how I ended up there. And, you know, which which was a great experience altogether. I mean, each experience I have learned so incredibly much. I mean, it's it's just hard to say how much I've learned because I, I will use everything from now on at each lake I go to. That's just a tough position to be in, though. I mean, having to pick and choose which tournaments to go to. And you've got a tough schedule. You're fishing three three tours next year. Like, yes. that's a lot. Yes, I am. I'm actually starting uh, the season on January 8th with the BFL on Sam Rayburn, which is my home lake. And then... I'm fishing the Brandon Belt Tournament, which is 400 teams. It's called the 100K Slam, $100,000 Slam. 
And me and Sherry Jacks are the only female team as of right now. Oh, awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So we got into that one. And then I go from there to Toyota series. And then, you know, the opens, the opens, I'm in the central open. Somehow I got in there. Thank God. But I go to the central opens as a pro. Um, April's my first tournament then. Very so cool. yes, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of tournaments. I mean, BFLs, Toyota series opens and LBAA. So, so how do you possibly fish a tournament with 400 boats? <laughs> this will be the first one I've ever done it with 400 boats. It'll be the very first one. So, um, but that hundred thousand, you know, you kind of, <laughs> let's yes. go do it. My whole yeah. life, you know, why not? Yeah, absolutely. So. How do they even let out 400 boats? Well, they, we actually get, get to go put in from wherever we would like to put in. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, when we have like a, a BFL that's going out of Humphreys Pavilion at Sam Rayburn, you'll have the very first day, maybe 260 boats or 250 boats, however many boats. And that's crazy just in a small little area. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you're holding your breath that you don't hit somebody because you can <laughs> touch a boat right next to you. And I'm telling all, I'll always tell my co's, I'm like, hey, you know, you're the buffer in between me and this boat. Make sure we don't hit them. Right. So, I mean, it, you, it's really that crazy. You can walk across boats. And you don't hold back when you're running your boat. I mean, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're like barely touching the water when you're going. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I run my boat. <laughs> I mean, I grew up on Sam Rayburn. So, I mean, we can have four or five foot swells really easy. And you just drive, you get on top of them and you go, because if you don't, they're going to go over you. So, I mean, you got to make a choice there. And plus I got to beat people to my spots also. Right. I mean, I'm not hating. I mean, that, that's how you learn. I'm sure that you've taken some waves wrong and that's how you learn to stay on top of them. Uh, Yeah. So that's sure. My very first BFL this last year, I'm sorry. My dog keeps on jumping on me. Oh no, you're fine. (laughs) He's wanting to say hi, I think. We love dogs. Hi, buddy. I know, right? We're dog people. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the very first BFL this last year, um, I took on two waves. And I lost all power to my units, the power to my trailer motor. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. Me and my co were completely soaked. It's 30-something degrees outside. And it's like, okay, what do you do at this point? You know, I right. mean, you have to try to figure it out. So I was like, okay, I'll use my motor and we'll go past this point. We'll let the wind take us past this point and we'll fish this point. It's going to take us on into this cove right here. And that's how we're going to fish. So I ended up fishing the rest of the day like that. I even ended up tying up one time onto a stump where I knew that there was um, a, a brush pile. There was a bunch of brush piles around. I mean, I had no choice. I, I couldn't do anything. But you know but, what, though? You know what's awesome about that, though, is how many anglers would have been like, you know what? Screw it. My day's over. I don't have my trolling motor. My brain was saying that. <laughs> you know, my brain well, was saying that. I can tell you that much. Right. But they, they it would have thrown them off so much to where it, it would have just put them down to where they wouldn't have been trying to strategically figure stuff out like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have just yes. wrecked them. You know, I mean that, that one guy, I don't remember what tournament it was in, but it was like one of the, 
that FLW, like he was winning an event on the last day and he went home because a guy who wasn't in the running to win, but he was still on the cusp of the cut for money. Are you talking no. about Cox? John Cox? No. I don't think it was Cox. I don't, I don't know. It might've been, I'm not really sure who it was, but if somebody else got to a spot and he's like, you really going to do this man? And he's like, okay, you know what? Fine. And he, and he literally went home and he was in the lead to win the tournament. And because somebody yeah. went to his spot, he went home. Now I won't, I won't do anything like that. You know, I believe that we all can be cordial to each other and we can share a spot as long as you use that 50 yard roll. You know, I mean, there's, there's enough water for everybody, you know, it's right. how I see it. Act like a sportsman. I mean, do the right thing. Sure. That's, that's how, I mean, I could but, be wrong about all that, but. But here you are, you know, that. like, like you, you lose power to your trolling motor and you're like, I'm not going home. I'm going to figure this out and still fish. And he's like, wah, wah, wah. And <laughs> decides to go home over that. It just, people have got to start learning. I've been saying it. Forever now, people have got to start learning that women ain't no joke out on the water. We're tough, tough. They don't believe us, you know. Come to the LBAA event. <laughs> some of these companies have got to start coming out to the LBAA events and start meeting some of you girls. Me and you talked about that and sponsorship and about sponsorships and stuff. And one of the things that you told you know told me on TikTok has just been about getting sponsorships and we're, we're going to do a show on sponsorships, Angie. Many people have asked us to, we need to do it. So yeah, there's such a, there's, there's a certain way to do all that. And you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. and you know, it's not just calling somebody up. Hey, I want you to sponsor me. And it's really not even a sponsor. It's a partnership. You're partnershiping mm-hmm. with these people and you're helping them. So if you don't believe in their product, you're not going to sell their product. But they also have to believe in you too as well. Right. So you have to be sellable on both sides. Right. And it is a partnership. That's what it sure. is. Yep. I, t- I totally agree. And there's, you know, just so many, so many aspects about it. Um, known and unknown. But we're, mm-hmm. we're definitely going to cover it. Cool. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. You're going to help us with it. <laughs> he just didn't know that part yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so- my husband did this awesome resume for me. And, um, you know, we put it, we sat down together and we put it all together. I wanted to make it as professional as possible because when you're going for, for these partnerships or sponsorships, whatever you want to call them, you want to be as professional as possible. And so that's how we go into all of this. I'm not one that has a lot of sponsors. I don't really believe in having a lot of sponsors because like I've said before, the sponsors that I have, I want to believe a hundred percent in their products. I want to be able to say, man, this spinnerbait right, this petite spinnerbait right here is the bomb. It's awesome. I've caught these fish on it. I use it on a daily basis or this rod. You can look on my boat and see that's actually really what I use. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want, I want to be that person. I don't, I don't want to be one of those fake people. Just, Hey, let's put some stuff on me. I, right. I don't, I don't want to be that. South Dakota is expanding pheasant hunting's horizon and giving sports women a greater voice in the field, the connection to nature, the adrenaline of the hunt 
the satisfaction of eating the game you bag. Hunting is our shared legacy. Everyone is welcome to enjoy it. Go to huntthegreatestsd.com to hear stories from women who hunt and learn what makes South Dakota the world's pheasant capital. That's huntthegreatestsd.com. South Dakota, sportswomen, welcome. I think also, you know, you're busy, like you're fishing all these tournaments. And then the whole other element of it is to be supporting your sponsors and, you know, getting their information out. And if you have too many sponsors, like at some point you lose the bandwidth, Yes, you know, you're not being effective for it. Mm -hmm. And that's so I think that's why it's really important to just really pick like what you're doing, picking and choosing the ones that you hundred percent wholeheartedly believe in. And it makes it a lot easier one to, to take the time to, to put them out there, but also you're not overextending yourself either. Yes. And now don't get me wrong. I need the money to fish. It's all coming out (laughs) of our pockets right now. Absolutely. Every bit of it's coming out of our pockets and, you know, that puts a little bit of stress stress on you, too, when you're paying for the Opens and for the Toyota Series. And those right. aren't cheap tournaments. I mean, mm-hmm. bottom line. But I have a goal, and I want to reach that goal. And however long it takes me, as long as I'm making progress every single year, I will keep going towards that goal. You know, one no does not mean a no forever. It can be a yes two years from now. So totally. you, know, you got to work hard for it. Fish in the LBAA coming in to get the uh, the rookie of the year. Like, what was the the single most like factor? Determination would be number one. Um, I will I will say my determination just keeps me going. But in order to be competitive, you got to be able to catch your five fish. I mean, you, you have to go in there and you have to hold your own and you have to be able to catch your five fish and you have to do it every single time. You know, you don't have to be the best every time. You just have to ha- have a good showing. And I think that's how I got fourth and angler of the year was because, you know, I always had a pretty decent showing, you know, as far as my place was concerned. And I kept that up. And, you know, as much as I would love to beat Pam Martin Wells, I mean, come on, we all know we can't beat her. That's like, that's like a dream, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, just goals. Yeah, what do you mean so, nobody can beat Pam Martin Wells? It's possible, but the, the woman has like <laughs> 30, 30, 40 plus years worth of experience. And, yeah, and- I know. <laughs> And any of us would like to have that talent because and that's it's, what it's we're not just all, how much she knows. It's freaking talent. It is. And, and that's what all of us are striving to do. You know, yeah. that's what yeah. we all want. I mean, secretly, you know, we're just like, we're going out to beat Pam today. Pam's just that good. And we all, we all know it. Yes. Um, yes. Very much. So. I, I wanted to go back to the Cane River tournament because you talk about you know, catching your five fish and that, you know, that's, that's what you got to strive to do. Mm-hmm. Cane river did not treat me well whatsoever, like at all. Yeah. But I remember you, you happened to kind of find something special out there mm-hmm. that a lot of people didn't find. 
And when you told that story, I believe from stage mm-hmm. about what you did, I just would want want you to reiterate that okay. to people that didn't hear it because that was that was really cool. Yeah, Cane River. If you've never been there, it's not very wide whatsoever. I mean, it's you could see everybody fishing, and you know, I mean, it it took forty five minutes to get all the way down river, but mm-hmm. you still could see everybody. And that water was about ninety four <laughs> degrees. I don't know if you got about the same thing. But it's about 94. And something that I've always learned is if you have any kind of running water, water running into the river is going to change the temperature just a little bit, right? Well, (laughs) I was pre-fishing with Sherry because she goes and pre-fishes with me. And we're fishing around this point and I hear something. I'm like, I hear some running water. Oh my gosh, I got to find this. And so we go around the corner and, and around the other corner, I'm like, Holy cow, that water was like 85, 86 degrees. And it was just a little water coming over this little wall because, you know, all the little creeks were kind of dammed up, you know, at this place. You can remember. And so I could see on my 360, my hummingbird 360, that there were fish sitting there. And there was a lot of brush there too. So what I would do was, is I would, I call it boxing it. I would be here, then I would be here, a different presentation every 20, 30 minutes to 45 minutes. And that is how I caught my fish. I mean, I stayed there on top of it. And the first day I messed up and I should have stayed there because I caught my five fish there. And I was like, no, I got to go find a bigger fish because, you know, we're in to win a tournament. Right. You got it. At some point you have to get it in your mind. I'm here to catch big fish, you know, it doesn't matter if I get in sixth place, I want to win. But, and so I had that in my head, but it was just a bad mistake. I ran 45 minutes, 45 minutes away, wasting my time, you know? And so day two, I was like, I'm staying on this spot period. And it was funny because some of the ladies was coming up to me and saying, Hey, I went and got on that spot after you left. How in the heck were you catching them? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody could figure out how I was catching them there. And I mean, it was so simple. It's a Texas rig. I mean, it's so simple. It's just, you have to give them a different presentation sometimes because they'll get to, used to seeing one thing. So when they do that, hey, box them, box them up. They're, I mean, it's not going to be the same. And so that's, that's basically what I did. And I had my limit by nine o'clock that morning, I think, on day two. That's and awesome. we sat there and we just caught them and caught them and caught them. But unfortunately, they weren't getting any bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, though. Right. It was a good time. That's great. So Angie's yeah. like, yeah, it was a real great time. And then, you know, that <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my experience at all. <laughs> but that's okay because I learned. Yeah, I learned it was it was a very that's... very hard place to go. I mean, yeah, it was a hard place, and Ray Hubbard was hard for me too as well. That me was, too. Yeah, that, that was, was probably my one. that was probably my second toughest one of the whole year. So yeah, it it was hard, and then you know we were at Hickory, Hickory, mm-hmm. you know kind of I did something kind of similar there too as well and kind of got away away from everybody and I'm one who likes to travel I don't you know I'll get the heck away from everyone you mm-hmm. know because that's how I learned how to fish as a little girl you know my dad always said anytime we could see other boats we're not fishing here because I don't want them to see us catching them <laughs> or whatever <laughs> so that's kind of just how I learned how to fish and so I go out looking and it don't take you no time to get there because you drive so fast. Yeah, so. because I drive so fast. Yes. <laughs> My nitro will go fast. 
<laughs> would you sit on a spot all day? Or how long would you sit on a spot? It, it just depends. I mean, really, honestly, there's a lot of things that go into that. What kind of fish am I catching there? You know, are they are they decent sized fish or have if I you caught know, decent sized fish there before? If you know the winning you fish know, are he, there. If you know the winning fish are there. <laughs> I would, what I, what I would have done was try to figure out what times they were biting there, period. Because if you, if you practice there, you should know the times that they're biting. Are they biting at nine or 12, one? They're, they're going to be biting at a certain time. It's not going to be probably an all day situation. So that would probably be one of my spots based on time when I okay. think they are feeding. So you like know, a if, window, like a window. If I don't get a bite thing. in an hour, um, it's hard to say because I get a little antsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, man, I go to the oh. second place because I can always come back. Mm-hmm. I'm known for that too because I was doing that at our last tournament. You know, I, I go back to where I know they're, where there's fish. If they're not biting in this hour, well, I'm going to go hit some more spots and I'm going to come back and let's see if they're biting then. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's a time game. I mean, at Unfortunately, bass feed at certain times, and you've got to figure out what time they feed and what spots. And you got to plan your day accordingly to that. Boy, so that's hopefully tough. I answered your question. No, I mean, it does. And it's there, some people mm-hmm. believe in windows more than happenstance, and just depends on the person. And I think it depends on lakes. I think different lakes fish different. I was just really curious. Um, Mainly because <laughs> you really are consistent no matter where you are. Consistency is the key, I think, to everything when it comes to any tournament, you know, mm-hmm. at all. You don't have to be, you don't have to win every tournament, but, you know, be consistent in what you're doing. And if you're consistent, you'll continuously keep moving up because not everybody can be consistent all the time. And I totally you know, agree. It just, you know, you figure out what works for you and you do you. You do what works for you. You know, just mm-hmm. because, let's say, Barbara does something a certain way doesn't mean she can hand me that same exact rod and that same exact bait. And I can use it the same exact way. Right. We can throw the same things and you may catch them and I may not. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you kind of go back to, you do what works for you. Yeah. You know, and, and that a lot of what you're talking about is what makes me kind of laugh at the people that say, you know, all this technology we have coming out now, the, the, the 360 imaging, and the live scope gives people an advantage. It yeah, does. you you learn you you definitely learn more than you know what we we've been able to see or know before. Mm-hmm. But there's still so much more that goes into it. There is. I just got a live scope, and you know, as y'all know, I had surgery four weeks ago on mm-hmm. my shoulder, and it was all tore up and bicep surgery, and they took cut an inch off my collarbone and. Mm-hmm cleaned up my AC hey. joint. So, I mean, it was, it was a lot, but I've actually gotten to fish twice since then. And the last time I went fishing, I caught that big fish uh, on Rayburn and that was exciting. It made me totally forget about my shoulder. And then we also went again yesterday and it's all because I'm trying to learn my live scope because it's something so different. I'm trying to figure out, okay, I know how to read my 360, but how can I apply my 360 and my live scope together to get a full view? I didn't have that kind of stuff growing up. My dad would stick a rod in the water and see how deep it was. Right. I mean, that's just, that's just how, how it was, you know? Mm-hmm. 
you look at the land and you try to figure out what's different on that land and how it's going to go into the water. And is there a ditch coming here? Is there a creek coming in here? That's mm-hmm. how we fished. And so you put all those things together along with the 360 and the live scope and you have that full picture. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to learn. It really is. And mm-hmm. the live scope just makes me mad. I think more so than anything, because <laughs> I can see my bait and then I can see the fish and then you can either see the fish turn on it or swim the other direction. Right. <laughs> or follow it and not do yeah. anything. And you're like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, well, but and- so far, so good. That's actually what I was going to say about the live scope and the 360 and all that. Uh, Because, I mean, those are just so expensive. And I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, I can't get it. So I think it's cheating for everybody else to have it. Like, I'm not one of those people. If you can afford it, go on and get it. Because there's a lot of people that I think it's going to get in their head. Just like what you were saying, where it's like. Now that fish is looking at it and he's going to bite it. Yes. And they're kind of almost, almost like bed fishing because yes. people will sit on a bed fish forever. And when they're, when they're not even locked on either, you have to know right. when the bed fish is locked on and when they're not. Right. And if they don't bed fish enough, mm-hmm. then to know, like you said, mm-hmm. Then with the live scope, I think for a lot of people, it almost can be detrimental because they're like, oh, well, they're reacting to it. They're reacting to it. They're going to get it. They're going to get it. And before you know it, eight hours is gone and they're screwed. So to me, the live scope isn't really good for shallower water. You know, you kind of got to rely on yourself for that because you're not going to get really the image that you're wanting to get. You may see a fish swim by or something like that. But where is the game changers when you get on those tops, you know, those Christmas tree tops or... Um, whatever's down there, a rock pile, you know, trying to catch the smallmouth. That's where the game changer is at because you will be able to see, okay, I see my dog. Uh, I see five smallmouth sitting on this rock pile right here. Let's, you know, put my bait down there and let's, let's watch this. You know, that's where it's a game changer. Yeah. Um, but I think people will probably try to use it in the wrong, the wrong spots, the wrong type of techniques. You know, um, it's definitely used for, for a certain type of stuff. And, you know, that 360 is just as important. Like I said, at Cane River, that's how I caught my fish. I could see them. I could see exactly what was down there. You know, I can see a lay down when it's, when it's coming. I know where to throw. I mean, it's, that's definitely a game changer. And it has been for me. But I spend countless hours on the water trying to figure out these electronics, do I think it's all 100% fair? No, I would love to see tournament anglers do it without all this because I know there's so many people with a lot of talent and they can do it without all this. But it's come so far. The electronics have come so far. There's no way to ever go back. You either have right. to join people or you really can't compete because you can't compete against somebody that has all of this stuff and like you have just the regular debt finder or fish finders, what they called it. You know, you can't, I mean, yeah, you can probably go catch fish, but they're going to have an advantage. Mm -hmm. So you either join them or you don't. And I just have chosen, you know, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to make myself better and try to put what talent I do have with this talent. And at certain certain points, it needs to be a cutoff, though. I don't need to be sitting there looking down 24-7. It needs to be, you know, I still got to use what talent I do have 
you know, which is fishing, I need to get out there and fish because that will always be there. You'll always be able to fish. Right. Well, and it, it also says what the water temperature is, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the depth finder also says the water temperature. So (laughs) it's pretty much what I use mine for. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of technology, Stephanie, have you ever used the HydroWave? Or had any experience with that? Well, I have been in boats with it, and um, they they claim it works really well. I can't say whether it does or it doesn't because my experience was not any different. So, gotcha. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's not something I'll be getting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want that. I'd rather have some bigger units in front of my boat or, you know, something like that. But, you know, but you, you do you have one, Angie? I don't know. No. I've just watched a lot of videos about it and yeah. stuff. And just... I just, I just really can't. I mean, people claim it works really well, but I haven't seen it yet. Now I probably might could benefit from it if I still am running the Key West next year, uh-huh. just because I feel like that boat's a lot louder mm-hmm. than a bass boat. And yeah. it could maybe be beneficial in just masking some of the boat. Noises. Oh yeah. Yes. Very much so. But, very much so. See, I play music too when I fish. That's probably Do another you? thing y'all probably have heard or have heard me playing music. <laughs> Heck yeah. I always have music on. So that, that might be your hydro wave right there. Yeah, right right there. <laughs> I, and, and it's a certain type of music because bass, they don't like rap and stuff like that. It has to be some country music. There you go. So <laughs> who's your who's your who are some of your favorite country artists? Um, let's see, Ron Bingle. You know, he plays oh, yeah. on I Yellowstone. He's, yeah. he's one of my favorites. Uh, Corey Morrow, um, George Strait. You know, it can go on and on. A lot of Texas country. Okay. So, um, Brian Bingham, he was the one that had that south side of heaven. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I loved him. When yes. I worked at in the music industry, he was mm-hmm. one of our artists that we booked. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Cody Jinks. That's another thing. Oh, I love, yeah, I love Cody Jinks too. I like him a lot. I love his voice, but yeah, that's, I have a whole fish and playlist. So, okay. <laughs> and that's what it's called, fish and playlist. So, um, yeah. You should put it up on Spotify and share it with us. And yeah. then the next tournament, I'll play the same thing and we'll see if my results change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sing, I sing in the boat also. Um, Cassie, you know, Hall and I got paired together. Oh, yeah. She and I sang the whole day. And we sang the whole two practice days, too. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm sure everybody was looking at us like, what the heck are they doing? But you might (laughs) as well enjoy it. Yeah, you got to have fun. Oh, yeah. I listened to ACDC during takeoff, too. Oh, cool. Every single time. It doesn't matter which tournament I'm at. It is blaring. (laughs) One particular song or just no, no. Okay. Just I like ACDC. It's it's a good takeoff music. ACDC at takeoff and country music during the day. Correct. <laughs> yeah, correct. That's 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 how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been very awesome. I thank you so much for coming on and I really enjoyed um, you know, learning some of the other things like the whole music thing. Didn't know that, so <laughs> very cool. Well, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I mean, I even wear the same necklace that my son gave me and he loves turtles. So it's a little turtle and I wear it when I fish and 
Um, it's just, it's just one of those things It has a little pearl inside of it and you make a wish, you know, before you put it inside the turtle. And mm-hmm. so I let my son make Aww. a wish and I don't even know what it is, but I wear it. I wear it every single tournament. So, I mean, cool. it's just certain things that make you comfortable out on the water. You know, I'm one, I talk to God when I'm out there and it's the most, it's the best blessing in the world to be able to be out there. And then, you know, I'm sure that has a lot to do with building up your confidence. We've talked about that a lot on the show in the past is it has so much to do with your confidence level, you know, and so all those little things probably play into that for you. Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent it does. I like to do things the same way almost every single time. I'm not saying fish the same exact way, but it's just the things I do when I get up in the morning to when I get in my boat to you know, how I am with my co-anglers. I absolutely love every one of my co-anglers. I'm friends with everyone that has ever been in my boat and still talk to them on a daily basis. You know, I've been schooled by my co-anglers before on Smith Lake in Alabama with a Ned rig. And I was like, (laughs) instead of gas money, can you give me some of those? (laughs) I never used one at the moment. Seriously. But, you know, always buy extra stuff too for my co-anglers. If I'm catching them on something, you know, I'm going to give it to my co's as well because I'm not against my co-angler. We're not fishing against each other. You right. know, if I'm missing the fish, it's my responsibility as a pro to hit all those spots first. I mean, it's my responsibility. If I don't catch them, go ahead and catch them. Catch them behind me. I, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll even give them the same baits. But, you know, that's just that's just how I am. It's just, I feel... Like I should be doing my job and if my job's also helping to guide them too as well. But also I still got to worry about myself all the same amount of time. So what Barbara was wanting to know, are you superstitious, like bananas, no bananas? Yeah, nobody's going to put a banana in my boat. (laughs) Oh my gosh, for real? I will hunt you down. I'm I'm on the same page as you. Oh, Nobody man. Yes, I am. I am See? a little superstitious. Me too. See, you, can, you can't. Barbara, apparently, Barbara, I think, ate a banana for breakfast the last time we went out, practice fishing, and got skunked. So I blamed it all on that. <laughs> well, I have this thing, too. So if I'm having an awesome practice and everything's going my way, you will not catch me on Facebook saying I had a good practice. Well, no and- way in heck. Because what will happen is... Day one will not be very good for me. It's it's just it's just how it is. So I kind of prefer right. to keep it to myself unless I catch a really big fish that deserves to be shown to the world. You know, it's <laughs> different. But I, I prefer to keep it to myself. Just because I, I, I don't want to I don't want to jinx myself. Right. But I mean it's a banana. A banana. <laughs> that has a proven history. No, it doesn't. Wreaking I mean, havoc. I, it, it is so fun. See, 100%. but now, like, if I'm competing against you, like, if you know I what would, she sounds like? You remember it, that the music back in the 80s where it would go, I, I don't know. Like, they, oh, like know, the, the only thing? Yeah. I, I don't know. That's where, what where, she sounds where, like. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey, they got paid a lot of yes, money. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Okay, well, interpret this for her, Angie. If I switch over to a boater, I can get in her head like that. 
if she's superstitious about a banana. I'll go by, I'll throw it on Angie's boat, Stephanie's <laughs> boat, Secret's boat, Robbie's boat, and I'll be like, I'm so going to win. <laughs> so, do you hear any of that? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this will be a great uh, thing to end it on, I think. Okay. <laughs> She says if she switches over to a boater, she's going to be able to get in all our heads because she's going to drive by our boats and throw banana in our boat right before the tournament starts. And not just you and me, but Robbie and Secret and Linda, uh, Linda and, and two others. everybody. Good luck. Well, everyone. I'll see her coming and I can outrun her. <laughs> there you go. She will never be able to throw a banana far, the, far enough to catch you. you nope. Nope. Sorry. You don't, you don't know what boat I'm going to have. <laughs> you don't know what boat she's going to have, she says. <laughs> yep. I guess I better get mine tuned up. Yeah. <laughs> <Make it faster. laughs> Actually, it wouldn't matter because I could have a a bullet with a 300 horsepower and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> I wouldn't try. But... You wouldn't be able to compete if you had a 300 horsepower. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not I wish, allowed. I wish I had a 300. <laughs> but I, yeah, could I wish hide... I could compete with one. I, right. could hide, exactly. I could hide it in your boat the night before and be like, Stephanie. Check. I didn't hear any of that. But what comes to mind real quick before I know we got to get off here is yeah. when we were in Alabama and I had to take off in 14th and then I beat every single – I think I passed you too, Andy. I'm pretty sure I saw you was in I think I even waved. And what was funny is I was just bragging that morning – the day before because the order was reversed yeah that like i actually passed like three or four boats and that i don't usually do that you know and so i was like man that was pretty cool passing these other boats and they go stephanie like wasn't by me on day three (laughs) i'm just glad you didn't go to my spot even though my spot didn't produce that day Uh, (laughs) i was hoping it was going to but well you did very you had a very very good tournament angie we're very thank proud you. of you. Yeah, thank you. I was I was proud of myself on that one. I put a lot of work into it, and it kind of yeah. proved to myself like that extra work pays off. You yes, know? and you and will so, do very well next year. I hope you will so. Do very well, you will. My goal. You will. You'll do so, great. Well, cool. Thank you, and it was a pleasure yes. competing with you this year, and I can't yeah, wait too. for next year. Yes, ma'am. Well, I will see y'all at the first tournament. All right. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Check out the show notes for this episode with links to follow Stephanie's incredible tournament journey coming in 2022 on our socials and to support the partners who make this podcast episode possible. The woman angler dot com slash two one five. That's two fifteen. And don't forget to tune in for next week's special 2021 recap episode and looking forward to hopefully an unprecedented 2022. Again, so happy and honored to have you along right beside me as we continue to share these stories, inspire others, and grow the sport. I couldn't do this without you all. Have a safe and happy Christmas with your family and friends and see you back here next week.